Hello again, everybody. Julie Voigt here with another great episode of the PFG Vibecast. With me, as always, is Mr. Russell Baxter, and we are bringing you episode 19. It is NFL Draft Day, and we are so excited. I bet you so many NFL prospects out there are excited as well. So let's get this show rolling. Russell, take it away. One. The fun thing about doing what we do, Julie and I, is we get to talk to a lot of outstanding people um, who cover the NFL, both radio, television, in some instances, both um, print as well. Um, There are a few people in our business who have a, a longer and more established and prestigious resume than Ed Werder. Um, two years ago, he was the Dick McCann Award winner at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you know, I had a chance to work with him for many, many years at ESPN, writer, reporter, right now, um, doing everything he can to make it fun to cover and watch the National Football League. And that includes his doomsday podcast for Dallas Cowboys fans, that he does with Matt Mosley, and we are very, very excited and proud to have Ed on the PFG Livecast tonight. Ed, how have you been? Well, I'm uh, I'm grateful that you requested my presence and expect me to be able to produce some kind of entertaining and informative dialogue. Uh, and I hate that you told so many lies in that introduction to your <laughs> vast audience. I find that very unfortunate. Listen, um, I, I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm not always right, but... I am factually accurate, so I don't think I <laughs> anything out. But speaking, that is your thing. I give you that. <laughs> well, speaking of accurate, the as usual, the, the the NFL draft it can be full of inaccuracies, um, right? Screens and rumors and different things going on. We are uh, as we tape this uh, less than twenty four hours away when this airs. It'll be the day of the NFL draft. What about this process so far, Ed? Have you found the most interesting when it comes to when it comes to the 2009 NFL 2019 NFL draft? I should say. Well, well, I think the the most interesting thing is um, the possibility and maybe the probability that the Arizona Cardinals, who traded up to the number ten spot last year to draft UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen, one year later. Uh, the same general manager has fired the coach and is, and the, and the, uh, I guess the offensive coordinator got fired during the season mm-hmm. and is now uh, presumably about to make Kyler Murray, another quarterback, the first overall pick. Uh, if that happens and Rosen is eventually moved somewhere else, it'll be the first time in NFL history that a quarterback drafted in the first round is not with his team uh, because of a trade before his second season begins. And so uh, I find it a, a remarkable uh, risk that Steve Keim, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, seems to be prepared to take with his first overall pick, given that you know they evaluated Rosen, they scrutinized Rosen, uh, they invested two picks beyond the 10th overall pick to acquire the player. Uh, they incurred an $11 million cap hit for him. Uh, and now they're prepared to jettison him because the coach they hired, Cliff Kingsbury, who has 
no NFL coaching experience, uh, has coveted Kyler Murray as a quarterback for seven years and is now in a position uh, to finally coach him. So uh, I think Steve Keim, who I know and respect and, and has you know, regard him as somebody who's made a lot of positive moves for his teams, you know, trading for Carson Palmer, uh, trading for Chandler Jones, um, is taking a huge risk here um, for the sake of pacifying his coach, Cliff Kingsbury. So now going into the draft regarding the Cowboys. So, of course, um, everyone knows that you do not have a first-round pick um, due to the trade with Amari Cooper, which I think was pretty genius in my opinion. Um, yeah. Just recently, I would say I think it was episode four or five of our, our Vibecast, we had did um, a poll where we pretty much picked out had everyone on Twitter vote who would be the most intriguing team in a certain division. And of course, Cowboys won. Um, back at that podcast there, I, you know, I had said pretty much, I don't really think that there were many holes that you needed to fill last season compared to the season before, but now going into the draft right now, um, one of the main things I've know I have, I had stated that, you needed to definitely resign your top priority players, which I know with Demarcus Lawrence, pretty much that was a done deal there. Going into the draft, again, like I said, you don't have a first round pick. Um, your very first pick will be in the second round, and I believe that's number 58 overall. How Correct. creative? How creative does the Cowboys have to be um, to get their next round pick? Well, I think what you what you said was important to for Cowboys fans to remember that they gave up their first round pick for Amari Cooper, who really saved their season mm -hmm. uh, last season. It was the first time in, in the franchise's history that gone from three and five to winning the division and winning a playoff game. And Amari Cooper played a huge role in that. Right. And Amari Cooper is only 24 years old. So he's going to contribute uh, for years to come at a very high level. I'm not, I don't think there's a receiver they could have gotten in this draft who would have that kind of impact immediately. So I think, I think Amari Cooper through performance has justified that. Uh, and, and you're right about the Cowboys are a good team with a good roster and their priority is really for the most part, keeping the players they have. You mentioned DeMarcus Lawrence they signed him. Uh, they, they're now negotiating with Cooper and Dak Prescott, whose contract, uh, can be changed for the first time since he entered the league. He's still on his rookie deal. One of the most underpaid players in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Started all every game of his first three seasons. So beyond that, you know, I think they fortified the roster in free agency with Robert Quinn, a pass rusher, an experienced you know pass rusher. Uh, I think Randall Cobb is probably a better slot receiver than Cole Beasley, who they lost to Buffalo. The the two areas I think that they need to acquire young talent. Uh, and, and acquiring young talent that makes a roster is going to be important for them going forward because of all the big money contracts they're, that they're about to give out for the first time to their quarterback, to their running back, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, the number four overall pick two years, three years ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I think they're looking for a, you know, a safety who can come in and play right away. And Gil Brandt uh, mentioned the other day that this is the best draft for a safety he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the Cowboys went into the off season and I think, expected to make a play for Earl Thomas or maybe Eric Berry. That didn't happen. They signed George Iloka. So they're looking for a starter to replace Jeff Heath, who, according to Pro Football Focus, 
missed the most tackles in the run game of any safety in football last year. And then I think the other position, they're always going to look for defensive linemen, uh, and they should because Randy Gregory is suspended again. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, they're not bringing back David Irving, who's suspended again. Uh, Taco Carlton, who was a first-round draft pick two years ago, mm-hmm. uh, has, has been uh, something of a bust to this point. Right. So they're always going to look for that position. And then I think tight end, uh, you know, they, they had Jason Witten for 15 years, and when he retired last year, they still didn't have a capable replacement. So mm-hmm. uh, I think they should draft this year as if they don't have Witten, even though he's come out of retirement uh, and is going to play at least one more season. I think they'd be wise to acquire a tight end who can be their tight end and their starter for the next, you know, eight to 10 years. Ed, as you know, repeating in the NFC East is a tall order for whatever reason. More times than not, the last five or six years, we've actually seen a team go from last to first in this division. It's happened numerous times. Um, We haven't seen a repeat winner in in over 10 years when the Eagles did it, uh, when Andy Reid was there. Um, do you think the Cowboys and the Eagles are still the two front runners uh, in the NFC East, or are the Giants and Redskins capable of making some noise this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Redskins obviously led the division early last season into the midpoint before they lost Alex Smith, and I think we'll all be surprised if Alex Smith plays again this season. Uh, and so now they're looking at another quarterback change with Case Keenum. Uh, the Giants, you know, I don't know – what they can expect out of Eli Manning, who's going into the last year of his contract for the first time in his career. He's being allowed to play it out, which to me signals that uh, the Giants may draft a quarterback in this draft, and if not in this draft, then certainly uh, in next year's draft. So I think those two teams uh, are well below um, the Cowboys and the Eagles. I think the Cowboys and the Eagles are closer to the Rams, the Bears, and the Saints for the supremacy in the NFC than they are uh, to the other two teams in their own division. Uh, it was only a year ago that um, the Eagles won a Super Bowl. You know, they were within an Alshon Jeffrey catch of maybe upsetting the Saints in the playoffs at home last year. So I think these two teams are definitely the teams to watch. And the thing that has to concern the Cowboys is, you know, the, uh, the ability the Eagles have demonstrated to, to win under any circumstances, even with their backup quarterback, Nick Foles, um, and and the, we talked about how the Cowboys don't have a first-round pick. Well, uh, if you look in their division, the Giants and the Eagles are going to pick twice before the Cowboys are scheduled to pick. Oh. And the Eagles are going to pick three times before Dallas makes its first pick. So uh, in that regard, Dallas is, is, is a little behind the Eagles, but I think this is a really good football team that uh, if they keep Dak Prescott healthy and they, get their, they perform better in the red zone than they did last year, um, which I don't think is far-fetched given how – just awful they were, that uh, th- this is a team that can contend for uh, an NFC championship game at, at least. I mean, a bigger picture uh, question in terms of the league, because you just mentioned Dallas was three and five um, this past year and, and won uh, the NFC East. Uh, Philadelphia, I believe, was four and six at one point. Um, you know, New England, one and two. The Colts, one and yeah. the Texans, oh and three. It used to be a couple of years ago you were hearing, well, the Patriots are two and two, and you know, almost like the, their first four games is like the preseason. Then they sort things out. But a lot of teams last year, Ed, um, took their time sorting things out. Um, it, it, you, it, do you think that's strictly coincidence, or do you think that has something to do with the way 
um, the offseason is set up for the National Football League these days? Yeah, I, I think it has a lot to do with the limitations placed on coaches and how often they can work their players. And even in training camp, uh, how often they're allowed to, to have contact and how many times they can practice on consecutive days. And, and maybe more importantly than that, Russell, is just the approach everybody takes now with the preseason games in terms of they, they don't put anybody of consequence at risk to take really any snaps in these preseason games. And so I think the early, at least the first, maybe the second game, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, are the preseason games that they used to play in August. Uh, and so I think that's a lot of the reason that the, even the better teams, the teams that prove themselves, uh, you know, to, to capable of winning divisions and advancing in the postseason uh, have gotten off to sluggish starts and have been ultimately able to overcome them. All right, so I have one quick question regarding the NFL schedule. We know that was released last week, um, and it looks like going through the Cowboys schedule, you have a pretty good schedule. I, I really like it. Um, you have that opener with the New York Giants, and then you have back-to-back -back Thursday again. night games. Yes, again, <laughs> of course. So you have the back-to-back -back Thursday night games, one being Buffalo, um, the Thanksgiving game, and then the week after that, you're in as we say it in the Midwest, the Chicago game. Um, <laughs> um, is there anything that you're looking forward to during the season regarding the schedule? Any games, any teams? Yeah, I think the game that'll be, um, obviously the division games are important, and mm -hmm. uh, but, I, but I think the game that's, that'll be interesting for the Cowboys to play, and they have to play a first-place schedule, which is another way they're disadvantaged. The Eagles played the first-place schedule last year, and and finish behind the Cowboys. But uh, I think their, their rematch against the Saints will be an interesting one because I think they really exposed with that historic performance their defense had against Drew Brees and Sean Payton mm -hmm. uh, last year, holding them to 10 points, really exposed a lot of things uh, that really affected the Saints and their offense over the final month of the season. Now they kind of got it back together in the postseason. But, but given Sean Payton's history with the Cowboys under Bill Parcells, given even, you know, the possibility that at some point in the future he'll be the Cowboys head coach. Uh, I think that that becomes a very interesting game to see to what extent New Orleans figured out what Dallas did to them last year uh, with that historic defensive performance against Drew Brees and Sean Payton and, and whether the Saints have figured out uh, some ways to thwart that happening yet again. Ed, I'll just wrap things up with uh, one, one more draft-related question. Um, okay. Is there any team to, uh, Thursday night or, or later in the draft process that is getting ready to shock us with something, be it a veteran trade, being move up in the draft? Is, uh, do you have a gut feeling on anything like that? Well, I think the team that's you know, capable of doing whatever they want uh, is the Oakland Raiders, mm -hmm. uh, and they have two guys, a head coach and a general manager who's doing this for the first time in Mike Mayock, both of whom have TV backgrounds. So uh, I think if anybody's inclined to do something dramatic um, uh, and entertaining, it could certainly be them, and they have the draft collateral to move any direction they want and acquire uh, virtually any player that they, they deem uh, worth targeting. So I would think the Raiders are the team that could kind of turn the whole thing upside down. And after the offseason they had a year ago, 
Uh, I think Gruden's going to want to win back a lot of some credibility with the fan base after, you know, trading Khalil Mack, trading Amari Cooper. Uh, now he's got a chance uh, having acquired Antonio Brown for something less than a first round pick uh, to really build some credibility and, and acquire some key pieces uh, to a franchise that he hopes to turn into a, you know, division contender in a short space of time. So I, I think the Raiders are the obvious team to me to watch. And I think the player who could create some havoc that we don't expect in the first round uh, is Dwayne Haskins. I think uh, he's undervalued um, publicly by, you know, fans and, and people who cover the draft, uh, but is really highly regarded by a lot of the teams. Well, highly regarded would be the best way to describe you, sir. And well, thanks so much. I appreciate that. Well, in all seriousness, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know it's a busy time for you. It's the, you know, like in the night before the first round of the draft. I know you'll be busy as we all will be tomorrow. Uh, but thanks for shedding some light, not only on the Cowboys, but the league as well. And it was great having you on it. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be your guest and uh, the great questions you asked and give me the opportunity to be good at something. <laughs> Well, thanks so much. We hope <laughs> down the road and uh, uh, maybe anytime, Russell. Yeah, I, I'd appreciate that. Thanks so much, Ed. Yeah. Thanks, Ed. Okay, thanks. Have a good draft. Bye bye. Don't hit end meeting. Don't hit end meeting. Don't hit end meeting. Please don't hit end meeting. Okay. You want me to hit stop recording? If you like. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do in terms of the the wrap and all that that was pretty good stuff to me if you ask you know i was about to ask that was awfully good stuff he's such yes perfect voice uh-huh all that and he's very clear and concise and and, and all that and um boy, what a great get the night before the draft julie i know Well, you're not pumped up about the 2019 NFL draft. I'm having a tough time spitting that out. Uh, maybe because I'm getting older, Julie. But boy, thanks so much to Ed Werder tonight, um, who really primed us, uh, not only on what he felt about um, what the Arizona Cardinals were doing or getting ready to do. He had some very strong feelings about that. Um, but also the Dallas Cowboys, who we know so well, and the league in general. It's just some great thoughts from uh, one of the really established veteran uh, people who cover this league and have done so for a long time. Oh, I completely agree. I cannot wait for the draft. You know, there's so many young prospects out there right now that are just probably not even going to be able to sleep because they want their name called, and this is such an exciting time, and... I mean, if you're not excited for drafts, then I don't know what to tell you. Well, you don't have to tell me because, you know, like the NFL season, this is kid in the candy store type stuff. And again, tomorrow night, um, or I should say later tonight when this, um, as you're listening to this on Thursday morning, um, it's a very big night for these young men and their families um, and their professional futures and so on. So enjoy it. Um, you know, the networks have made this into such a gala affair. I remember watching the NFL draft uh, years and years ago when ESPN 
first telecasted. I had the opportunity to work on many of them as well. Uh, it's an exciting time. Um, it's really, you know, I know the schedule last week was kind of the, you know, Christmas to a degree, but now we're going to get to see the real presence. And again, thanks to Ed Werder. Um, if you want to follow Ed on Twitter, it's Ed Werder, R-F-A, all one word. Uh, make sure you check out the Doomsday podcast with him and Matt Mosley. They do a great job on that. And for Julie Noted, underscore PFG, for PFG Vibe, and for Bax Football Guru, all that can be followed on Twitter. We thank you so much for listening to the 19th episode of the PFG Vibecast on the eve of the 2019 NFL Draft. Thanks so much, Julie. And thank you and have a good night.